the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Love. Courage. Truth. Glenn Beck. State mandated murder. That's the only way to describe it. This is exactly what is happening in the United Kingdom. The United Kingdom, England, is is now mandating murder of a child, Alfie Evans, 23-month-old boy who is now defying his doctors and his government by doing what none of them thought was possible, staying alive. Whatever you're doing right now, I want you just to stop and say a prayer if you're able. Yes, I know. Thoughts and prayers. God is powerful. God is active in our lives. Alfie Evans is living proof. If you don't know who Alfie is... He is a, he's a little boy who went into the hospital into government care. Doctors couldn't find out what was wrong with him. They still don't have any idea. But he is opening his eyes. He is smiling at his parents. They've decided that he needs to die. The Pope has said, no, 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 we'll take him. The parents have said, we'll take him elsewhere. But listen what's been going on in the past 48 hours. A little over a day and a half ago, the UK court system ordered that Alfie could no longer receive medical care and had to be taken off of life support. Do you remember when people mocked us about death panels? This is what we said. This is the death panel. His parents have been watching in horror as they disconnected their son's breathing tube. And then they denied him food and water. Remember when we said you can't do this to Terry Schiavo? Not giving water and food. That's not life support. That's basic humanity. The doctors have done everything in their power to make sure they have killed this baby. The doctors. Let's not just push it off onto the, onto the government. The doctors are complying. The doctors predicted Alfie would die within minutes because, you know, doctors know best. A half an hour went by, then a full hour, then another hour, then another, then another, then another, then another. A miracle was happening. Alfie Evans was breathing on his own. He's fighting for his life. His parents were ecstatic. The doctors, quote, were God-smacked. I can't explain it. We don't know what we're seeing. But despite that, it still took six whole hours for Alfie's parents to convince his doctors to give him some water. Six hours of the parents begging the doctors to give the baby a little relief with a little bit of drinking water. What are we turning into? Alfie's parents were granted an emergency hearing. The situation had obviously changed. The Italian government has granted Alfie full citizenship 
The Italian government has offered to take over all medical care and air transport. A helicopter is sitting at the hospital waiting for the word to fly him and his parents to a Vatican hospital. Everything is ready. It all hinged on an emergency hearing. The decision came down yesterday. The judge has doubled down and denied Alfie's transport to Italy. Why? Why? What has this child done that he is so dangerous to the to the people of the UK? You won't arrest terrorists. But you will starve a little boy to death. Why? It's not going to cost you anything. Oh, but that's the point, you see. It costs the state something. Oh, with a far higher price than they're willing to pay. This is state-mandated murder. There's no other way to describe it. Alfie has already showed that he doesn't need the life support. A miracle is possible. His parents clearly want their son to live. They're now having to resort to giving Alfie mouth to mouth because the hospital won't allow any oxygen to be given to the kid. This isn't a case of a hospital bypassing a parent's wishes to do a medical procedure that would ensure survival. This is a case of a hospital bypassing a parent's wishes to ensure death. They are killing him as much as Hitler's T4 program. If you don't want to be responsible for Alfie's care, that's fine. But why legally block his care from someplace else? The answer seems all too obvious. It's the same reason the UK government recently jailed a man for flipping off a traffic camera. They put him in jail because he flipped off a traffic camera. Now, why would they do that? Because the all-powerful state needs to show their people that A, they can, and B, I'll show you who's in charge. There's no reason to deny a baby its God-given right to live. None. All men are created equal and endowed by their creator certain inalienable, unchangeable rights. If this isn't a reason why we broke away from the United Kingdom, I don't know what is. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Life. I have a right to live, and no king can take that away. It's my God-given right. I wish we had some moral authority to talk about this, but we as a nation don't. The UKIP party made a statement, summed it all pretty perfectly. They said this decision was, quote, a gateway to totalitarianism. Really? You think? I remember being mocked when I was on Fox and 
warning about death panels. Mocked. Called crazy. Called a conspiracy theorist. Dragged through the mud. Gateway to totalitarianism? It is totalitarianism. The minute, the minute a state can make the decision for you on whether you or your children live or die, there is no greater tyrant. The adoption of single-payer health care is the actual gateway. There is no greater power. This is just an example of what is possible under that system. A totalitarian government is willing to put you in your place. Sit down. We control who lives. We control who dies. They have become God. They'll put you in jail for carrying a screwdriver. They'll fine and jail you for making a Facebook post. They'll brag all about catching Catching the guy flipping off a traffic camera. And the one too horrible that nobody wants to look at is how they are euthanizing a helpless child. As of this hour, little Alfie is still fighting for his life. The Pope still has the helicopter waiting at the hospital. His parents are praying for a miracle. He's denying his government. He's defying the tyrants. He's defying all odds. The foolish are com- uh, are confusing the elite doctors no matter what you're doing right now stop for just a second and pray for a miracle it's wednesday april 25th you're listening to the glenbeck program The West is dead. The West is dead if we don't wake up as Americans. This is why we came here. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. This is why we came here. We're going down the same road. And if, the, if America doesn't wake up, the West and the American experiment is over. I don't know what's happening. What's happening to our to our cousins? What's happening to the country we are the closest to? We are we are literal brothers and sisters of England. That's where we came. We we broke away because of a tyrant. They are becoming more tyrannical by the day guns weren't good enough so now we're banning knives there are warnings if you want to buy silverware there are warnings on the silverware 
They're doing random checks, just stopping people in the street, searching them for weapons. Weapons that include screwdrivers. We're not even talking box cutters. Remember how, how crazy box cutters? Box cutters are everywhere, yes, but not on an airplane. Then we got down to the nail file. You can't walk around with anything that could be used as a weapon. I seem to remember a famous murder using the jaw of an ass. When you can use the jawbone of a donkey to kill someone, I don't know, pretty much everything is a weapon. What is happening? America, please do not turn a blind eye to Alfie Evans. Please. Because it's coming here. This is what death panels do. This is what it looks like. It's not some conspiracy. It's what it looks like. When the government can say, I'm paying the bill. They make the decision. And it's all fine and dandy until it happens to you or your children. This is the result of universal health care. This is the result of universal basic income. This is the result of, I'm going to make sure everyone has a job. I'm going to make sure everybody, everyone has health care. When you do that, you then have to control the population that doesn't want it, that wants out. And the only way to do that is to do what Winston Churchill called an iron curtain. You have to put an iron curtain up. <laughs> you know, there are so many people that don't want to build a wall around America. And, you know, after seeing what's happening in the UK, I may join them. I'm not talking about my fear of of bad guys coming in if we keep headed down this direction i fear that good guys may not be able to get out I want to talk to you about American Financing. American Financing is our sponsor this half hour. If a second home purchase has crossed your mind, um, it, maybe it should, and American Financing can help. There's a lot of people that uh, are, you know, buying up little houses and, and, and turning them over to Airbnb. It's a whole new industry for people to tap into. Uh, renting is the future. Uh, and if a second home per purchase you know, has crossed your mind, make sure you reach out to American Financing. If you're thinking about buying a new house, if you're thinking about refinancing the house you're in, if you're thinking about your first house, American Financing can help you. Make sure that you you reach out to uh, the salary-based mortgage consultants at American Financing. They work for you. And right now you can put down as little as 10%, and a second home could be more consistent than stocks. 
or just a place that you can call yourself or your own is worth its weight in gold call American Financing. Go to AmericanFinancing.net, AmericanFinancing.net, or call them at 866-750-6551, 866-750-6551, or AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing Corporation, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Glenn Beck Mercury. See, I, you know, there's a there's a nice little um, caveat that maybe we should put into the Constitution. Enjoyment of the rights and freedoms of citizens must not be a detriment of the interests of the society or the state. You know, I think that's a pretty good idea. For instance, freedom of expression uh, can be suspended if the exercise of that freedom uh, fails to be in accord with policies. I think it's good. That sounds pretty I'm, good. I'm getting, yeah, I'm getting these from, uh, you know, I'm getting these from the Constitution of the Soviet Union, uh, which, you know, it's no big deal. <laughs> Didn't we already implement but isn't that? that what, that's kind of, isn't that like where we're headed? We're mm-hmm, it does. I mean, it does seem like that's the path that we're on. Uh, you know, when you look at this, I mean, again, that's this is what's so jarring about this story. If we were doing this story about a kid in Iran or North Korea or outer Mongolia it would still be tragic. It would still be horrible, but at least it would have some sensibility in the way we understand the world. These are our closest allies. These are people that are supposed to share our sensibilities. And this is By the, the way, second he, time they've just murdered a baby for no reason. Uh, well, but but last time he was in a vegetative state. This one is in a semi-vegetative state. <laughs> You're going the wrong way on that one. Although I will be, to be fair, Glenn, we haven't even addressed the counter arguments here. Um, I know I woke up today and I was like, well, what about where are the people talking about the ethics, medical ethics here? Well, we now have that. Uh, Dominic Wilkinson, professor of medical ethics, was commenting on this case. He said, I don't know the professional professionals at this hospital personally, the professionals, but I know from working in intensive care and my contact with other professionals in similar situations that this will have taken an enormous personal toll on these professionals. Mm-mm. They... Glenn, months ago, made a very difficult decision. The easiest path would have been to continue doing what this child's parents were requesting, to go along with them. But actually, they couldn't in good conscience do that. Oh, this is Kerbals, man. The, the brave Kerbals. Mm. You know, this is, what, mm. this is exactly what they said with the T4 program in Germany. And it, once you get people to uh, start thinking this way, the doctors led the way in Germany. It was the doctors and the good nurses. They led the way. Once you take and cross this line, it's it's over. It's over. Uh, asked whether doctors had made the wrong decision to withdraw the child's life support, uh, this professor of medical ethics said, it's very understandable why his parents feel that way. You think? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's very understandable. To put this in context, when people have life support, it's supporting their life, but it's not living for them. When doctors make the very difficult decision, you see who's always the victim here? The doctors, mm-hmm. the professionals. Mm-hmm. When they di- make the difficult decision to take the machines away because they feel it's not helping or doing more harm than good, that doesn't mean that life ends. Yeah, it kind of does right. in this particular case. <laughs> 
Yeah, it does. Uh, but you notice they're not giving him life support. No. This is something else. We, okay, life support, breathing machines. Mm-hmm. Okay. Food and water is not life support. And they're not even, I mean, they're asking for just treatment to be transported somewhere else where they can be treated. Yes. It's not yes. just about breathing machines here. It's, it's, it's incomprehensible. Can't do it. Can't do it. The people versus the state. If the state decides they're going to win, they win. Glenn Beck, Mercury. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So glad that you are uh, listening today. I um, I want to remind you that Mercury One is now taking applications for their leadership training program. MercuryOne.org slash LTP is where you can go and sign up. There's a two-week session. This is... This is for um, anybody who is, I think, 18 to 24, 25 years old. Let me just check here. Yeah, 18 to 25 years old. Um, What you're going to do is research on the original historic documents um, from our... We have just an incredible collection of documents. And you will be um, uh, getting hands-on to these documents you're going to be shown how to research how to find the answers using original sources uh, and you're going to be getting incredible history lessons from david barton and his son uh, and that the first session starts may 28th the second is june 11th uh, the third week session is uh, july 9th you have to apply. Not everybody is taken. Uh, you do have to pay for your airfare and, you know, hotel and, and everything else. Uh, it's at mercuryone.org slash LTP. Make sure that you uh, make sure that you sign up or uh, tell your kids uh, so they can sign up. All right. We're talking about Alfie, Alfie Evans in uh, in England. We have Jim in Georgia, who's a vet. Hello, Jim. Jim, are you there? Yes, Glenn, I'm here. Hello? Yeah, what's happening, Jim? (laughs) I'm sorry. That's okay. You all right? I'm a disabled vet. Yeah, oh yeah. I'm a disabled vet. Um, You you want to talk about death panels and and the way that the government can take control of your own health care. That's exactly what the VA has done to us vets. Um, They've taken across the board they've taken all the vets off of the opioids even if if it hurts them i understand that you know there's people that have issues with the with the pain meds but i mean i've got a pain pump installed into my body i get a drop of morphine every six seconds they're taking that away from me um what the yeah yeah i mean that's just normal they say it's cbt therapy it's in our heads and everything else they started this in the gulf oh my god man they started that, and they've been doing it to Vietnam veterans for years. But when people want to see a one-payer system, tell them to turn around, look at the VA. That's yeah. what we're going to. They tell us what we can have, when we can have it, even if it can help us or if, it, if, it, if it'll hurt us. The other day, I was trying to get some help with sleep, the sleep clinic. They told me that sleep is a want, not a need. What? It, it, uh, it, wait a minute. It, I don't think I've heard that one before. Yeah. Sleep is a want, not a need. That's what I thought. I know it's a need. You can die from not having enough sleep. People just turn around, type in VA in Google. Yeah. 
and look uh, what thank they're doing you. to us. Thank you so much. Um, uh, and I'm I'm hoping this administration actually appoints somebody this time that will change the VA. Doc in Florida, quickly. Hello. Hey, I'm a, a high-end specialist, routinely sees euthanasia in our hospital. Attempts by pro-life doctors to stand up to it are met with hostility, uh, With met with uh, basically administrations running doctors out. The families have hardened their hearts as well, and uh, attempts to simply ask people, like, let's give your grandma a few more days to see if they wake up, and we'll ask them if they want the breathing tube removed, are met with uh, hostility by some family members, not all, and by... Um, administrators literally stabbing you in the back and trying to end your careers hmm. you say this is routinely happening yes this is routinely happening now i see patients with completely survivable brain hemorrhages that years you know a few years ago we would just routinely uh, take care of them and they'd walk into my office a few months later um, now, within a day or two, people who are completely not qualified, not in the proper specialty, come and give a pro- improper prognosis, hoping to save money for the hospital under the Obamacare regimen, and simply, um, uh, you know, tell the family it's time to stop. It's futile, which is nonsense. And any doctor who comes in and attempts to get off the um, script is, has literally run in front of committees, run out of the hospital, their contracts are ended, their careers are destroyed. And um, I could give you lots so, of details off. Which one? Which which one are you? Uh, I'm the pro-life doctor. And yeah, um, so, have you had? Have you had this? Have they tried to run you out and destroy you? They they did it. It's done. It's over. And uh, there's a new stage in my life because of it. But um, that's not something I can discuss in detail at this point online uh, in public. Wow. Um, hang on the phone. I just like mm-hmm. to uh, have one of our producers talk to you offline. Thank you. That's an interesting part he brings up, too, about how the family's hearts have hardened. I, I, I told the story before, but my, my, when my dad passed away, they, the doctors were really good, and they did a great job. And you know, as it looked like there was basically no hope, they came in and were talking to us about you know, what the next few days were going to look like. Um, and uh, they, the, I remember the doctor bringing up uh, the idea that, you know, obviously this could be the end. Um, and he brought it up in an almost an apologetic way uh, that we can't just like unplug him. Like we can't just like let it, we can't just like give him medication to kill him, basically. Like we can't just euthanize him. And, and, and that was my dad. And he said it almost apologetically like, oh, I'm so sorry. We're and I'm like, I thought to myself, like, dude, you understand that I want this guy to live, right? Like that, that's the plan here. My idea here is I want him to live. But I think, you know, and he was bringing up the correct option there, which was to wait as long as possible. But it was in a way that he almost had talked to so many families that had decided they wanted the opposite, that, that he had to come at it from that perspective. And that was shocking to me. I mean, I, the last thing in the world I expected to hear was that. Um, we, did the, we did the same thing. My dad uh, was in the hospital. Uh, he was not on a breathing uh, breathing machine he was just you know he was eating but he was uh he went into a coma and uh, the the nurse or the doctor made some mention of you know we just can't push a little more pain reliever in and i and i just looked at them and i said yeah we we know that <laughs> and uh i said 
do you are you recommending that and she said no just a lot of families yeah. you know would like to see this end and and i said we're not one of those families we're not one of those families keep him comfortable but we're not pushing him out yeah that's that's scary that that's common enough that they need to approach it from that side yeah or, you know they're seeing that i mean and look i understand that's that's an incre- impossible situation for families and you know, once you lose hope, you, you, you know, you can, it's an understandable instinct, but man, that's, you know, that's not what we're supposed to be doing. I mean, again, the, the oath is to, is to do no harm. I mean, I, I, I think about what they're doing to this baby. This is a totally yeah, different situation. This is, yeah, someone... this is not, this is not a vegetative state. This, this baby is opening its eyes, a semi vegetative state. So we've gone from vegetable, this is the vegetable. To, well, they're partly vegetable. There's some meat and potatoes there still, but they're partly vegetable. What? Where is the line here? Where is the line? We went from vegetable on a breathing tube to now kind of a vegetable, but still has some waking periods during the day uh, and no food and water. Not a a breathing tube. No food or water. We're going to starve them to death. You know what that leads to? Starvation is a horrible way to die. There's a way that we can make this more painless and easier. That's that's how they started injecting uh, uh, children in in uh, Germany, but then that became too expensive, so they would just wheel all of them into a room and gas them. Remember, the gas chambers started at the hospitals. It started with the doctors finding better ways to kill people faster. It started with them wheeling them into the back of trucks because it was cheaper. So they'd wheel them in the trucks and they would put all these people whose lives weren't worth living. They would just take a hose from the exhaust and kill them. But that seemed a little cruel. So they built gas chambers in the hospitals this is this is the way it's done gang it's done with compassion they don't it doesn't look like an evil thing it always starts with compassion and what's happening is we're training our doctors not to have compassion we're teaching our hospitals and our nurses not to have compassion they're on the front lines fighting it every day. But when you got a government and healthcare that's saying, look, get them off, get them off, get them out of here. Somebody's making the choice and it's not you or your family. I want to thank LifeLock for making the program possible today. According to an online security education company, there is a going rate for a um, internet user's identity. How much are you worth? Twelve hundred bucks. If I've got your identity, um, I'm I can sell it for twelve hundred dollars on the dark web. Now, what happens to it? Well, I think the one who, you know, just bought it for twelve hundred dollars wants to make at least a dollar more than what he spent. So, what do they do? They have to go and uh, uh, and get your credit cards, max out your credit cards, see if they can get into your um, your retirement fund, see if they can get into your bank accounts. 
Dark web is a system uh, that is is linked to an online auction site, or could be, to classified ads. It's where criminals go to shop for, you know, illegal products and services, information, like identities. One break in your identity and criminals get in. That's why the new LifeLock Identity Theft Protection adds the power of Norton Security to protect you against the threats to your identity and your devices that you can't easily see or fix on your own. And if you have a problem, they have the people that work to fix it. Now, nobody can stop all cyber threats, prevent all identity theft, or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But the new LifeLock with Norton Security is able to uncover threats that you might otherwise miss. So go to LifeLock.com or call 1-800-LIFELOCK. 1-800-LIFELOCK. Use the promo code BECK for an additional 10% off your first year. Promo code BECK. Get an additional 10% off now. LifeLock.com. Glenn Beck. Mercury. Glenn Beck. So, Stu, it's your child, Alfie Evans, in the hospital, conscious, off a breathing tube, and the doctors are now saying you can't feed or give him any water. You're, you've got citizenship in another country. The Pope has a helicopter waiting outside, and they won't let you touch your child. What do you do? Honestly, uh, at this point, after exhausting all the options this family has gone through, I honestly think I stormed the castle gates. With I, what? You, with, you're not allowed to have a, a kitchen knife. With a, well, I th- not with not with violence, but with a, th- a thousand people, if I could find them, uh, supporters, and walking right in there and taking that kid right out and bringing him into the freaking helicopter. And I don't know that I, if this kid dies, my kid dies in this situation. And I'm not in jail. I would consider it a personal failure. I, I, I would have to do every single thing within my power, including breaking the terrible, terrible construct of law that they have put up there, uh, mm. including physically going in there and removing that kid. If you brought in with a th- if you've got a thousand people gathered outside that were all your supporters and you all walked in there at the same time. I mean, I don't know what they would do. They're going to mow you all down? Maybe they would. No, but you're not going to get away because you, you can't take the, the helicopter. They would they would send military. You're probably They'd right. send military. But you know what? I, I, you just, I mean, would... At least, it, at least you try. You try. And if you end up in jail and that's your life and that's what you yeah. had to stand for, you probably look at that as a win in the end. Yeah. I uh, I think I come to the United States. As a dad, I think mom stays with the child and I fly to the United States and I try to get on as many news uh, channels as I can possibly be on. And I try to wake the American people up. I think that's what I do, because if America wakes up to it, Hmm. uh, maybe, maybe maybe, you have a chance. Maybe you have a chance, but I don't know anymore. We haven't heard from Trump on this, have we? I know because tr- he Trump did speak up for Charlie Gard. Um, yeah, during that, who they killed, who they killed. Uh, the last example of this, the last time we've gone through this uh, story. I wonder. I mean, it would be helpful, I think, uh, if we could really turn up the the pressure from the United States. I mean, I, again, they're a sovereign nation. Um, we can't stop them from doing anything, but you know, 
everything we can do. I mean, look at what Italy's done. You have to give Italy a ton of credit here. I mean, they've made Alfie Evans a, a citizen. They've done everything they could to try How's to... It possible? If they're yeah. a citizen, how is it possible they can't take their own child out? There's a spokesman from Italy that said, uh, we consider this to be murder of an Italian citizen. I, I mean, that's wow. pretty far. So, uh, you know, they've done a lot. But, I mean, we should be doing more for these cases again. I, you know, we should. I, I think Trump does care about this stuff a lot. He and, does. And he, he does. I, I think he... Him making a statement would be helpful. I mean, I, I don't know that it would, you know, turn this thing around. I haven't seen if anything you, from him yet unless he's done it recently. If you don't know what we're talking about, Alfie Evans is two-year-old kid who's in a semi-vegetative state. He's not even a vegetative state. You, you know, see the pictures of him, and he's with his dad, and his eyes are open. Uh, and he's, you know, at times relating to the parents. Uh, they've just abused this child the hospital has. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the parents have come in and they found mold on the ventilator, uh, inside the tube. I mean, they've just, it's horrible what's happened. Uh, and nobody know doctors don't know what's wrong with him, but they just don't want to look anymore. It's too expensive. And so they are killing him now, took him off the ventilator and he's still living, but they don't want to feed him or give him any water. This is immoral and wake your friends and neighbors up about Alfie Evans and pray for a miracle because it's going to take one but hopefully soon the world wakes up Glenn Beck Mercury Love Courage Truth Glenn Beck. So, are you in the majority or the minority? Don't you feel like you're in the minority? I'm in Los Angeles this week, and wow, I feel like I'm in the minority. Holy cow. Am I the only one not not on the 101 just screaming, Why does everybody live here? I mean, I don't I don't get it. I really don't get it. There are places where cars on the freeways actually go fast it's crazy i know there's no stoplights i don't know why everybody has to stop on the freeway here it's crazy anyway if you feel like you're in the minority stop feeling that way because facts don't lie polls and surveys if conducted properly honestly reveal the truth obviously researchers can manipulate the uh, you know quantitative methods used for many studies a, a practice that happens i'm told probably a little more often than we realize but for the most part numbers don't lie so let me give you this poll conducted by reuters the global market research and consulting firm uh, Ipsos has revealed that nearly 60 percent of the 1,516 adults interviewed between April 15th and the 19th support the recent deployment of the National Guard to the Mexican-U.S. border. 60 percent. Are you in the majority? 60% of Americans believe in the recent deployment of the National Guard on the U.S.-Mexican border. 55% uh, 
55% of U.S. adults consider the deployment of the National Guard to the border as effective in the short term, while less than half consider it effective in the long term. Now, if you've been listening to the mainstream media, why, does something's not right? I don't know why I just think I'm getting a case of the vapors because something ain't right here. Seems a little off kilter, doesn't it? Because as the media portrays it, as Washington portrays it, the only people who support having the National Guard at the border are extremists. So are 60% of us extremists? Well, I just think that maybe good people, honest, good-hearted Americans that just don't just don't hate everybody, are tired of being labeled extremists. Why, why don't you have some sweet tea? Maybe in the recent narrative of multiculturalism at all costs, maybe reason has gotten lost and multiculturalism is getting old. Maybe the mainstream media has ignored honest Americans for too long. It's a shame that it would take an English news agency to reveal such a glaring yet subtle confirmation of leftist media bias. But at this point, it's easier to find the few instances of factual unbiased reporting than it is to point out the glaring examples of the leftist media framing, priming and agenda setting. But make no mistake, America, the message is clear. You are not alone. You as an American are not the only one screaming in your car. It's Wednesday, April 25th. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Stu, I have another one of these uh, stories uh, today that I think is best understood if you're drunk. Okay, because it'll just it what it doesn't make any sense. There are so many obvious things wrong with this that only a drunk person could not be affected by it. Only a drunk person would be like, that's okay. I understand that. Is it okay if I start drinking before these segments? So it's not I don't want to fake out the audience. I don't want to do a bit. I mean, I think we should do something authentic here if we're going to do this. And I think probably to hear these stories, I should probably at least have some Uh, alcohol. I think I think only one of us should uh, be enabled to operate heavy machinery. Okay. <clears throat> Bernie Sanders is starting early for the 2020 presidential election, announcing Monday that he plans to unveil a whole new set of promises that he can't keep, including a massive government expansion plan that includes a guaranteed job for every single American. Well, that, 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 that's that, that, that what we all want. Well, we, this is what's the plan? Sanders has an outline that calls for government to fund hundreds of projects in categories such as infrastructure. I don't know what it is. It has been infrastructure week every week for quite some time. I'm I think we need that. Roads and bridges are crumbling everywhere. Education. And the environment. I love trees. Americans who want to do the hard work of building roads and bridges, educating children, and cleaning up embankments on major highways would either receive a job with one of these projects, full health care and benefits, and a $15 minimum wage, 
or receive job training. What, what kind of training? What, what job, job training? Now, here's the part of the plan that I think the people who put the plan together were probably sitting in Bernie Sanders' office going, that is a fantastic idea. <laughs> you know what you should do? We should, and I'm quoting, we should divide uh, the country into 12 separate um, districts. So we have like District 1 <laughs> and District 12. Sounds and we have all these districts and they can all specialize in certain things. So like one district maybe just makes pants. And another <laughs> one just like they do something else like grow flowers. Would you would you envision some sort of maybe contest um, revolving? I would think around- that yeah. There's the, weirdly nobody noticed that the twelve districts <laughs> is exactly the plan from the Hunger Games. <laughs> I, I, anybody else notice that? Uh, Bernie, hello. Uh, he's it's so not cool. Really he's part so of hip. the plan, right? It's not. Re- there's not really a twelve y- districts. Yes, in the- no. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. Twelve districts. Now, here's the thing. It's not because of the Hunger Games. <laughs> although I wouldn't count that out. <laughs> that is a job, right? I mean, competing yeah, in the job. Hunger Games is a gig. <laughs> there people are hungry, and is a stuff to do, and we can all dress up, and <gasps> I can wear a dress on fire. Um. <laughs> Here is here is probably where he got the idea. And you tell me which is better. The 12 districts from the 12 districts, you know, in the Hunger Games or the 12 districts that you can find in the former Soviet Union. Oh, and the districts that Mao made in China. There's no way this 12 districts thing is part of this Bernie Sanders plan, is it? It it, it is. You're making this Look up. Look it up. I am not making it up. I think you're making it up. I am not making it up. But I think I'm, you're I'm drunk. Just, That's the problem. I just come in here. I told you this makes more sense if you're drunk, right? Go ahead. You're looking at it. You're looking at it. You're reading it. Keep reading. Keep reading. Keep reading. So there's 12 districts. I mean, it really... Told you this is a brilliant it really, idea. It really There's does 12, seem, according yes. to the, the Washington Post, that uh, and it can't trust them. I mean, you can. I don't know. Wait, that can't. <gasps> be. I know. Wait a minute. Hang on just a second. Okay, so yeah, one district it makes pants. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> another district digs coal, and then and then every year we have like some sort of. Intradistic, intradist, intrad, in, district. Right. We have games uh, with all of them. Oh, you're this is you're totally lying here. Okay, here it is. Under the early draft of Sanders' job guarantee, local, state, and American Indian tribe governments in every section of the country would send proposals for public works projects to their areas to twelve we send representatives. Right. We could send representatives to the capital city. No. Every year, a representative from each district goes to the capital city. But what I'm saying is you keep saying this 12 district thing. This says 12 regional offices. That's totally different than a district. 
<laughs> this is a regional office. Right. That's sure. Totally it's a regional different. office. There's just 12 regions. <laughs> District would be crazy. That is, right? that is the only nuance here. It's basically the Hunger Games, except they're calling them regional offices instead of districts. (laughs) Right. And you know what? They called them in China and in Russia. They called them districts. But they had 12 regional offices. (laughs) And those regional offices controlled each region. That's insanity. And like, why, if if you had one of these jobs, let's say you had a job. Yeah. You currently mm-hmm. worked at a... I make, I'm making pants. Okay, you're making pants at a I'm real a company, I'm not a, a fake I, government company. I'm in District 3 okay. making pants. Now, let's say Got you're it. at a real company. Let's say you're working at, uh, you know, whoever... My pants company. My pants company is real pants. No, not government I'm pants. I'm talking about actual I don't know pants. Government, I don't know what the difference of government pants and real pants so are. You're making 30K at, and you're, making, you're at a plant and you're making pants. And then I've the government. Never made, I've never made as much as thirty thousand dollars a year before. I believe that from you. I, I, I you seem to be I, hammered. But this is a good example. I, I'm glad you're a drunk employee right now. Because let's say you're a drunk employee, right? Can't and you're lose working, my job. You're currently holding I on. I put the. Somehow I put yesterday. I put the. I put the. I put the. Zi- <laughs> I put the zipper on the leg. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. It's for. <laughs> I better not say that what it's good for but it's you put the zipper i didn't put the zipper in the right place <laughs> the, the zipper sometimes doesn't make it to the right place we all know that okay so you're making pants and you're a bad employee let's say you show up to work drunk often but you're holding it together and you're keeping your job why Never would drunk. you at the government factory where your job is guaranteed why the hell would you show up and keep it together? Why wouldn't you show up or not show up every day drunk? Why wouldn't you why 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 wouldn't you switch from the real pants I factory actually, to the government factory where everything's guaranteed? It would incentivize I, I, you to do less and this is why these things fall apart. If you would shut up for a second, no, I could tell I, you why. Was I talking too much? Was yes, that, you was were that talking too much. That, that happens sometimes when you drink, you start to <laughs> talk and Uh, Okay, so here's why. Mm -hmm. The constitutional rights from the former Soviet Union, civil and political rights, you have freedom of speech, freedom of press, freedom of assembly, freedom of religion, unless they are not the prescribed, if they are in conflict with the political beliefs, then you don't you lose your right. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, here it is uh, the role of the citizen. Uh, it is parasitism. Mm-hmm. If you are, you're a parasite. If you just go to work uh, and you and you, and, you, and I swear to you that zipper oh, was. It's now where I put that. Uh, then you have a violation of duty, and it is a betrayal of the motherland and the gravest of crimes. Right. So wait a minute. So you gonna sh- uh, well, you don't need to shoot me in the head. Right. That's, That's how what this it is. has to end, right? I mean, yes. this is ask Ukrainian potato farmers how this ends. Yes. Uh, this is exactly how this has to end because human nature will make people fall to their lowest level uh, when they're not going to be inspired by what they do, when there's no hope, when, when the economy's been destroyed because of these things. And the only way to go to make people work in these contexts, as we've seen through human history, is force. 
And once you start getting to that point, we're in a totally different world. They, they're admitting this would completely remake the the American uh, experiment. Yes, why not? Hope and change. I want to fundamentally transform the United States of America. Congratulations, we're here. That's when I push. I push a button, and it doesn't. I, I swear, I push that button, and the music didn't start. Well, Sarah's running the board. She's drunk too. That's the problem. I love you, Sarah. <laughs> I want to talk to you about Blinds.com. Blinds.com. If you're looking, if you're looking to, you know, update your house, uh, bring some sunlight in, you might want to think about changing the the blinds. If you're looking to sell your house. This is the cheapest thing you can do to your house uh, that will totally transform it. Um, Tanya and I, we needed to uh, update. We had these, uh, well, I, I, I like to call them Donald Trump curtains. I felt like I was living in Donald Trump's house. Uh, we bought the house and they put these curtains up and we just we left them up for a while. But every time I walk into the bedroom, I was like, whoa, Donald Trump lives here. Uh, and so uh, we had to get we had to get rid of them, and uh, we went to blinds.com. I don't know why. I, I don't know why I still feel like this. Um, but it is the best service we've ever had. The on day one went to the website, started looking. I'm like, I don't know. Let's just let's just schedule an appointment for some of the people that can help us there at blinds.com. We did a FaceTime session within 20 minutes with a guy who was really, really good, an interior decorator. Gave us some great advice. They sent us the samples. We got it made for us. It was perfect. Best customer service ever. And if you accidentally mismeasure, you pick the wrong color, they're going to remake your blinds for free. They'll send you free samples. Make sure everything looks just as good in person as it does online. Also, everything gets free shipping. It's blinds.com. Find out yourself why the number one online retailer of custom window coverings. Site-wide savings happening now, plus take an additional 5% off at blinds.com slash Beck. Site-wide savings plus an additional 5% off right now at blinds.com slash Beck. Blinds.com slash Beck. Rules and restrictions do apply. Glenn Beck Mercury. Glenn Beck. From our studios in uh, Sherman Oaks, California. We're glad that you're you're tuned in today. I uh, I don't know how I, I don't know how I should feel um, because I was I was uh, driving around yesterday. I grew up on the West Coast, and uh, but I grew up before the West Coast went nuts. But, uh, you know, I saw something from my childhood that I haven't seen, and I called my wife, and I'm like, honey, I, I have got to go and, and have Shakey's Pizza. And she's like, pardon me? And I'm like, oh, no, it's Shakey's Pizza. I grew up, and it was like every kid wanted their birthday at Shakey's Pizza, and it was, and she said, is it good? And I said, no, I remember it a <laughs> little like a paper towel and ketchup, and then they just cook it. That's it. Yeah. So they serve fun at Shakey's, also pizza. Okay. So it's a pizza parlor that doesn't put pizza first. And they have a piano playing piano player, player piano. Uh, okay. 
Okay, it's one. Of, it was it it was a big deal when I was a kid. And uh, Rob, who's traveling with us, he's our uh, I don't even know what he is. He's the president of of all things technical, uh, and uh, that's the that's your official title, Mister President. Uh, and uh, we drove by, and and he remembered Shakey's Pizza, and he's like, "Oh my gosh!" Now we're taking everybody uh, to Shakey's Pizza tonight. You're going to miss out. But I'm not sure. I know how I feel now. I'm very excited. I'm not sure how I'm going to feel after I've eaten something from Shakey's Pizza. So you're saying you're not uh, fully confident in the quality of the well, actual it- pizza. It's kind of like, for me, it's kind of like if you had grown up around McDonald's and then you hadn't seen one in 40 years, mm-hmm. you'd be like, McDonald's? McDonald's is my kind of place. Hap, hap, happy place. But everybody who's still <laughs> been around McDonald's, like, it's not a happy place, man. It's not a happy place. It's a happy place for me. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> but Shakey's Pizza in 1968 had 342 locations. I think this is going to surprise you. Chain currently has 500 stores. Shut up! It's actually grown. It's the worst pizza in the world, at least it was in 1976. <laughs> they may have updated the recipe, I mean, potentially. Maybe. I don't know. But it was that was part of its charm. <laughs> part of its charm was, oh, it's it's like a pizza on a paper towel. You know, ketchup on a paper towel. I hate to, I hate to say it's pizza on a paper towel. It's more like ketchup on a paper towel. Um, With some cheese and an olive. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I shouldn't. uh, I have two uh, small kids, five and six. Uh, So I've uh, spent several birthday parties at Chuck E. Cheese, which I do not. uh, No, do not compare. Obviously, Chuck Chuck E. Cheese Cheese is better because it's got video games, but still, and it's got a dancing uh, rat, uh, which is fantastic. Shaky's Pizza has a player, piano, piano player. Right, but. It's a rat playing it. No. <laughs> I don't, you know, the, 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 no, I'm sorry. That should tell you something. If a rat is the representation, that's what they, they make these giant inflatable rats in New York. They put them in front of restaurants so you don't go in. America. Glenn, you got to start questioning Glenn. yourself. Mercury. Glenn Beck program. Well, I, <laughs> I got to tell you, I, I'm in love with the story of Shakey's Pizza. Now, I've done a little research because uh, they've got two, count them, two big locations here in Los Angeles. I, I drove by uh, a Shakey's Pizza here in L.A. just the other day, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I haven't seen one of those since I was a kid. I must go. So I'm taking everybody to Shakey's Pizza today. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's the kind of guy I am, wow. uh, and a, I'm going to feel really bad if it's if it's good pizza. I'm going to feel really bad tomorrow uh, for saying all this. Now, if it's the pizza that I remember, I'm also going to feel really bad tomorrow, but for an entirely different reason. <laughs> uh, okay, so listen to this. I'm seeing, by Shakey's- the way, they have a, an authentic Texas barbecue chicken pizza, which I'm sure it will bring you back to the memories. Uh, of where you of your home here in Texas, I'm yeah, sure it's Texas, incredibly yeah. authentic. Oh, I bet it is. Okay, so listen to this: Shakey's Pizza was founded in Sacramento, California. Nothing good comes out of Sacramento, California. Nothing. Uh, it was uh, it was founded by Sherwood Shakey Johnson. Johnson's nickname, Shakey, 
resulted from nerve damage following a bout of malaria. (laughs) (laughs) So already this is good. Hey, I I had just a touch of malaria, and I'm just a little shaky, but I found that now I can evenly put the cheese all over the pizza. (laughs) Is he drunk, too? Why is he... Why, why is the why is the guy with malaria drunk too? Well, here's understand. here's why. Okay. Because the parlor opened on a weekend, a weekend, Shaky's Pizza Parlor opened on a weekend. But the pizza ovens were not yet complete. Now, now think of this. <laughs> you're a pizza parlor mm-hmm. and your ovens don't work yet. Perhaps you do don't you open, open in that yeah do, in that circumstance. Do you open or not? The answer to Shaky was right, we open. <laughs> All they served, <laughs> the only thing they served was beer. So bring your kids out of the Shaky's pizza parlor because we got beer. That's a, a they took a, a wonderful addition to any children's pizza parlor is beer it, on the menu. Oh, it is. Mm-hmm. No, they serve they serve that at. At Chuck E. They Cheese. They serve that at Chuck E. Cheese. They do. I was surprised because, you know, with the new kids, that we've gone there for a couple of years now. Uh, um, and uh, it's mm. great. Chuck E. Cheese is great because, number one, they serve beer, which I did not expect when I first walked in there. I did not remember that as a child. I don't know if they've always done it. Uh, I, but, want, I, I won't go until they start serving hard liquor. Yeah. <laughs> Advisable. <laughs> The, the other thing and is maybe handguns. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard liquor and handgun night and Chuck E. Cheese. Does Shakey's though have the wonderful uh, parts of it that are like a prison? Because I, what I like about Chuck E. Cheese, I'm a big fan of this as a dad, is when you come in, they give you like a, a stamp number on your hand, and uh-huh. they will not let a child leave without the same with a parent with the same number. So, like, it's almost impossible for anything bad to happen inside of a Chunky Cheese because they can't leave. So you can go in there and you can get, like, five pitchers of beer and pass out in the booth. And you're, as long as you got enough tokens, likely your kid will still be around when you wake up. It's an interesting now, business philosophy. Hang on, is that, a, is that a, supposed to be a selling point or something that tells me to stay away? <laughs> I guess it depends on your kid. Damn it, my kids are yeah. still here. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't have found somebody better there's good i don't want you walking away with a bad guy but you could have done some work and found a good family to right. go to <laughs> your dad is passed out in the corner <laughs> I mean, I, whatever whatever parent gives you the most tokens go home with them. right that's what you know you i do. have to i i do have to tell you this uh you know that's that's a kind of a weird selling point Hey, we're going to make sure that that child predator doesn't leave the restaurant with your kid. <laughs> Come <laughs> with your kids, leave with your kids. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of that's kind of basic social contract stuff, you know what I mean? You know, you don't go into a McDonald's and they're like, "Hey, because we have problems with child predators here, we're going to stamp everybody's hand. No, you don't even think of that at any other restaurant. You know, maybe Shaky should think about, we don't need to stamp your hand. We don't We don't have the child predators hanging around. I don't know. I mean, if you've watched enough 11 o'clock news, you think your kids are going to disappear no matter where you go. Uh, at any time, there is always, there's about 75% of our society is built of child predators looking to steal your children. Uh, so you, when you go into a place that they can't escape, like it's some sort of prison camp, it's a good thing. You feel very, you feel very, 
you're, you feel a little bit more stable as a parent um, while you're you downing the second pitcher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, uh, <laughs> if you're, I think you have to when you have one of these places have the the mascot. Right, you have to have the mascot. Like Chuck E. Cheese has Chuck E. Cheese, E being his middle initial. Um, but they actually, <laughs> people think, oh, they have the mouse there. It's actually a rat. The Chuck E. Cheese is Chuck E. Cheese is actually a rat. They bought the costume, and I think they thought it was a mouse, and then realized afterwards that in the original Chuck E. Cheese that it was a rat. But it's a great idea for a restaurant because you're getting out in front of it. If you have terrible uh, sanitary habits and there's rats running around your restaurants, the people are going <laughs> to think those are just mascots. Oh, look at it's the like, little mascot. Oh, look at that. That's they, great. It's got out ahead and of you the know, problem. It, it's, not as cute. it's not as cute when you break it down. Last name, cheese. Middle name, E. Could be eaten. Or okay, E. coli. So now you're, yeah. <laughs> eaten cheese. All right. Okay. The rat. His name isn't Chucky. It's Chuck, mm-hmm. that's a big ass rat. If you got a bunch of rats and you're like, and that one's Chuck, <laughs> that's a big rat, man. Chicken, that's rat. a big rat. <laughs> Hang on, just a second. Stop the music, Sarah. Stop the music. We have Ron in New York who used to work at Shakey's Pizza. Oh I didn't even know they still existed. Hello, Ron. How you doing? Good morning. Uh, good morning. How are you? Still, uh, the malaria has gone away. But, uh, <laughs> Do they still have the banjos at Shakey's Pizza? The Shakey's Pizza, which was located in North Syracuse, New York, actually went out of business in around 1974. Not due to the pizza. The pizza was great. I, I disagree was it? with you on that. Huh. Um, but basically, they tried to uh, expand their menu into barbecued chicken and, and other things like that. And uh, uh, dollar-wise, it, it didn't work out for them, so they had to uh, close down. But uh, Well, now they, they have... Was... Go ahead. No, the Shakey's here was a really um, kind of a great thing because... It was mostly uh, the people that went there were college students, uh, you know, Syracuse University, LeMoyne College, Donadaga Community College. And we had the um, player piano. We had the old time movies on there. And we also had um, a live um, two guys that came in and one played the uh, piano himself and another one played a banjo and they did sing-alongs. Yeah. yeah, I remember this being a really fun place, but I was like six at the time. But I remember it being and it's strange because I also remember I also remember the pizza from a six year old point of view being good. And then maybe again, when I was 12, thinking, wow, it's not so good. Uh, but I, I'm anxious to I'm going tonight because it's such a childhood memory. I'm going tonight. I'll. I'll let you know. But they have, uh, what is it, 500 and some locations? 600, but it's global, Stu. They have 60 in America. It's global. I always thought they were ahead of their time back in the 70s because they made pizzas. They made the Hawaiian pizzas. They made shrimp pizza. Yeah. Um, yes. You name it, they would put it on yes. the pizza. They had yes. the German dark beer. They started selling that there. And it was really a fun place to work. 
a fun place to eat, and the pizzas really were not that bad. Now, maybe they went downhill when you got a little bit older, but I know when I yeah, was maybe there, I don't I, was I don't want to judge. There are two open right where I'm staying, and I'm going tonight, so so there. Well, uh, thank you very much, Ron. I, I appreciate it. I, I am a lucky guy because it's Shakey's Pizza, and I haven't been there since I was six, and I think i threw up <laughs> but that's uh that's the, that is not the that's not the song that's not the way not the exact song it's close it's not the exact they may way not may let me in now i actually am very excited and i don't know if i'll be disappointed if the pizza's good <laughs> i'm interested <laughs> that is a very weird thing to prioritize the fun over the pizza. That's that you're telling people that the pizza is not good when you say we serve fun and also pizza. That is not the way to structure that sentence. Well, I like it. I like it. Okay. They better be throwing the pizza dough up when I get there. I'm just saying. All right, Zip Recruiter. If you're hiring, you need uh you know, you need the uh, best no, this is uh sorry, it's Car Shield. So it's not this one. But they're good, too. But let me tell you about Car Shield. <laughs> wow, you're good at this. I am the Shakey's yeah. Pizza of radio. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> if you've ever taken your car in for an oil change and the mechanic finds something wrong, surprise, you're hit with a repair bill that you didn't expect. It's what happened uh, to all of us. It happened to me just recently. I, I took one of my trucks in off the farm, and uh, it, it was a $5,000 bill. The truck is worth like twelve. I don't know what I would have done. I just uh, said to the mechanic, "I've got Car Shield." Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I walked out with a five thousand dollar repair bill for free, taken care of because I have Car Shield. If your car breaks down after the manufacturer warranty expires, you could be out of pocket for thousands. Replacing your engine can cost thousands. A simple repair can cost a thousand bucks. There's nothing simple anymore. Five grand? I think for my first car, I think I paid fifteen hundred. Oh my gosh, I'm turning into one of those old... Get off my lawn, you damn kids! You just did a half hour sorry, about I, Shakey's Pizza. Of course you're I that know, guy. I, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I <laughs> I apologize. Anyway, Car Shield makes the process of fixing your car for a covered repair super easy. You can have your favorite mechanic do it, or you can have the, um, the dealership do the work. They also provide 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is being fixed for free. So if your car has 5,000 to 150,000 miles, it doesn't mean you have to pay high repair bills. Car Shield administrators have already paid out close to $2 billion in claims, and they're ready to help you. So save yourself thousands in future car repairs. Get it covered by the ultimate and extended vehicle protection like I did. Call 800-CAR-6100. 800-CAR-6100. Mention the promo code BECK or visit carshield.com. Use the promo code BECK. Save 10%. Carshield.com. Promo code BECK. Deductible may apply. Glenn Beck Mercury. Glenn Beck. So I don't know if you've heard the news, but uh, Grover Norquist has lost his re-election bid at uh, the NRA. Now, I'm just trying to... (laughs) What? This year? (laughs) This year. This year. 
Because he well, it makes perfect sense too. Uh, okay, it does. how? Okay, well, because it was what was it last year or two years ago when he was up for re-election? We said don't elect Grover Norquist, really bad guy, right? Yeah, you made a big was deal a big about ca- it. Yeah, yeah, there's a big campaign. Uh, you know, it was a big deal. They were recalling him, if I'm not mistaken. They tried to recall him. Uh, and uh, and he just squeaked by and was on the board. So now his election happens. I didn't say vote for the other guy. And so now Grover Norquist loses. How does how how is well because think how, of this think of this. Mm-hmm. I was uh, for uh, not for George Bush to be the nominee. Either George Bushes, they both won. Uh, I was, uh, 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 I was for lightly John McCain, you know, anybody against Obama, Mm -hmm. he didn't win. Uh, I was for Mitt Romney, anybody against Mitt Romney. I was for everyone else but Mitt Romney (laughs) in the run-up. Yep. And then they all kept losing and then Mitt Romney. And so I was like, okay, all right, I'm for him. He loses. Yeah. I am for Ted Cruz. I campaign for Ted Cruz. He goes down in epic flames. Okay? <laughs> people, this is not true, but people say that I was for Hillary Clinton. Well, what happened? She lost. <laughs> Maybe there's some method to this madness. Maybe I should just, whoever I don't want to win, I should campaign for. Hey, this is interesting because so many people spent so much time trying to convince you to vote for their guy. Maybe what you want to no, do is convince him to vote for the other I'm guy. Gonna start, <laughs> I am going to start selling mm-hmm. uh, my endorsement to people you don't want to win. So in other words, I'll take the highest bid. I won't take money from Hillary Clinton, but I would have taken it from Donald Trump to endorse Hillary Clinton. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you, sure. If that means she loses, yeah, uh-huh. okay, I'll do it. Yeah, I'll take that money. So you're like, you're now outwardly advertising yourself as the kiss of death. Yeah, I'm, I, I like to refer to myself. You've heard of angel investors? Yeah. I'm kind of like, I'm looking for angel of death investors. So I'm, <laughs> I'm like, if you want to invest in the angel of death, I'm here for you. My, my political kiss destroys a career. This is a great new business line to go into. I think it is. I think it is. I don't know if it's entirely legal, but we just won't talk about it. We'll just joke about it like, it's, like we're thinking about doing it. And then we'll throw everybody off the track. We used to say this about uh, when the, the Devil Rays, the Tampa Bay Devil Rays, were the Tampa Bay Devil Rays, and they were really bad, and they had uh, yeah. Tropicana Field, and we used to joke mm-hmm. that it was actually Minute Maid who bought the rights and then just named it Tropicana <laughs> that's Field. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you that's should right. do. This is great. I know. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think, think this fantastic. is a, a legitimate new business line for you. The, yeah. uh, the anti-endorsement. You just come in. This this portion of the program brought to you by MSNBC and George Soros. <laughs> I love those guys. <laughs> MSNBC is off the air. Woodrow Wilson was the greatest <laughs> president of all time. You just get you to endorse cancer now. Everything will be great. Glenn Beck. Mercury. Love, courage, truth. Glenn Beck. 
You know, sometimes uh, I just kind of feel like Gandhi should have said, you know what, you can all go to hell. Uh, but maybe that's just me. I, I am. I can't take it. I, I can't take. Well, let me let me start at the beginning. Breaking news from the Associated Press. The news organization that has garnered 52 Pulitzer Prizes. America's primary source for news. The news platform that nearly all other news networks get their news reporting and information from. Important breaking news. Headline. First Lady Melania Trump greets the Macrons with a hat. The first line. Melania, or more specifically, Melania's hat. What were you saying? What the hell are you talking about? What? The article goes on to mock the First Lady for her appearance. For her appearance. I thought we weren't supposed to bully. I thought we weren't supposed to notice. I thought we weren't supposed to notice beauty, and we certainly weren't supposed to notice ugliness. Now, put think of this. They're mocking a legal immigrant, a woman, who came here and achieved the American dream without Donald Trump. If you look at the byline, it doesn't credit, credit any writer. Now, you could say it's because everybody was like, I ain't put my name on that piece of crap. But that's not what happened. It credits, it credits the story to the Associated Press. So the editors at the Associated Press had a little powwow, no offense, uh, you know, uh, meant to Elizabeth Warren. But they all agreed, yeah, yeah, this is great journalism. You know what? Screw Bob and Susan. Screw them. Let's credit that to the entire news organization. Now, here's why I say Gandhi should have once in a while said, you know what? Go to hell. During the Obama administration, do you remember how the media pranced around every chance to celebrate Michelle Obama's beauty? She was a beauty of the ages. Look at her arms. Look at her abs. My gosh, she's the most beautiful thing ever. She could wear a sack. She could wear she could wear Kleenex boxes for shoes and she just did she makes them hers. The Hill ranked her number nine on their list of the 50 most beautiful people of 2015. People magazine did the same thing. Come on. The media adored her every step like a newlywed couple watching their child's first step. She could do no wrong. Strong woman exemplifying power, beauty, feminine grace. They belauded Michelle Obama every turn of the way, worshipful, worshipful, proud, exuberant in their praise. And we could not disagree. You know what? I mean, you can look at her abs, but she's walking away. There's a caboose happening there. Oh, my. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. You didn't just say that, did you? Meanwhile, Melania Trump literally a model, literally a supermodel, has been ignored at best and scowled by the media. This is the latest example of the mainstream media's hatred for President Trump. Look, you don't like his policies? You don't like him? That's fine. What the hell? What are you doing? 
Leftists and their parrot-like media hate him. They're frothing at the mouth, waiting for him to fail, doing everything they can to make it happen. But say what you want about the man, but delusional, uh, delusional hostility is far more frightening than anything else. I mean, look, anyone with eyes, Michelle Obama was a pretty woman. She was pretty. She wasn't the most beautiful person in the world. She didn't have, my wife has arms better than hers. That doesn't mean that Michelle Obama's are bad. Doesn't mean I don't like her. But do you have eyes, man? If you think that she was one of the most beautiful women in the world, good for you. But I don't think you actually did. Oh, she is just the most beautiful, striking woman. No, no, no. She was a pretty woman. Nothing wrong with that. Not everybody is a supermodel. But when you have a supermodel to then come out and like, look at her. What a dog face. What the hell? What is going on? We need to find a middle ground. We, we, have, to find, we have to find common sense and reasons. reason. We must fix reason firmly in her seat. Can we stop lying to not each other? To ourselves. We all know that Melania Trump, if she were out there, you know, touting abortion, she'd be the most beautiful, elegant. She's she is most beautiful woman since Jackie Kennedy. And that's true. But they're not saying that. We need to find we need to find those people on both sides uh, that will just admit reality and just stop hating and doing everything you can. I have to tell you, we have to find these people before before the other people, mainly the media, sink the boat entirely. It's Wednesday, April 25th. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Hour number one, we did a full hour on what's happening to our friends in England. It's not good. Uh, you know, we were mocked for saying that death panels are a result of universal health care. Well, that's what's happening. There is this two-year-old boy named Alfie Evans. They don't even know what's wrong with him. Uh, he's got some brain disorder. He went in. He became unresponsive. He is not in a vegetative state. He's in a semi-vegetative state. He is looking at his dad and his mom. They don't know what's wrong with him. He has become an Italian citizen. The family has become an Italian citizen. Um, Italy is opening up their hospitals. The Pope has a helicopter at the airport ready to whisk him to Italy. And the Government Institute of Health has decided he doesn't have any reason to live. So they unplugged him from the ventilator, expected him to die right away. He didn't. He's now breathing on his own. It took six hours of the parents begging, please let us give him a drink of water. This is state-sanctioned murder. And I don't know what can be done at this point, but Will Maul from Faith Wire has been following this story uh, and can give us the latest. Hi, Will. How are you? Hi, Glenn. How are you doing? I'm. I, I. You know, I've been better. I don't know what's happening in the UK. I don't know what. I don't know what the UK is turning into. 
Yeah, it's pretty disturbing, right? It's uh, They're actually in court right now, so they're in the Court of Appeals in the UK, and uh, the hearing's going on right now to see whether anything can be done. They're still arguing that uh, Alfie can be transported to Italy. They've, Like you said, they've got um, guys on standby um, to take them there, but it's, uh, it's it's not looking good at the moment. There's still a way to I, go in the hearing. So, Will, are, are, you, are you in the UK now, or are you here in the United States? Yes, I am. I'm actually in Northern Ireland. Um, I'm over in Northern Ireland, but um, yeah, they're just across the water there in Liverpool. So it's uh, it's close to home, and it's really, really, um, really disturbing in many ways. Um, I think probably. So, Will, are you? Thing... Are the, are the people ahead. over there? Are they are the, are they as upset about this, or is this just starting to become normal that the, the government's just killing kids? It's definitely not becoming normal. I think it is. Uh, it's a unique situation. We saw a similar thing with Charlie Gard uh, a while back. But it's it, the the silence um, from I would say from a lot of politicians and a lot of faith leaders over here is pretty deafening. Um, mm. There's there's not much outrage at all um, from many leading figures. I think I've seen one member of the European Parliament take a real stand against it and team up with the family. But it, it's. Uh, it's quite confusing um, why there isn't more of an outrage uh, when you actually look at the case and what's happening. So they they have, uh, I don't know if you've seen these pictures. I have not gotten uh, permission from the family to release them, and I, I, wish, I wish they would. Um, but I have pictures of, uh, of the care that he was receiving, if I can even call it that. The, they have not cared for this child at all. I have a picture of his breathing tube in him. And it is covered in mold in the inside. Um, I have a picture of him in his bed where he is he is wet all the way up almost to his uh, armpits. Uh, his bed is all wet. Nobody changed him. Uh, I have uh, pictures of the the crust of of snot all around his tubes where they hadn't changed it. I mean, this is despicable. What's going on? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I haven't personally haven't seen those pictures yet, but it's uh, it is it is concerning. And just looking at the courts, uh, they've very much been focused on the best interests for Alfie. That's a that's a phrase they use a lot um, in the family law here. They say, oh, we we want to see um, everything done in the welfare of, of little Alfie and in his best interest. But they've said that it's in his best interest not to be transferred to Italy, which you can kind of understand because. He's obviously a fragile patient, and if they're worried he's going to die in transit, then that's a you know that's a fair enough concern. But then they've also said wait, wait, wait. his best interest that he not be that treatment not continue for him at Alder Hay Hospital. So they right. conclude that they're saying that his best the best interest in the case of this child is that he would he would die, um, and that's extremely disturbing. And I can't see why uh, more people aren't outraged by that. What what is it going to take to I mean we here in America when we started going down the road of universal health I said look let's just look at this logically when there's not enough money somebody has to make the choice of who lives and who dies and the government is going to have a death panel of sorts where they will decide what the limit is well everybody said that was a horrible conspiracy and I was a bad man for even saying it but that's what's happening how many of these have to happen before people start to realize over in England, wait a minute, I'm in control of my own life and I'm in control of my children's lives. Yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely, and why, and why hasn't there been a deference to the parents? Um, it's, the judge effectively is saying to them, we know the best interest for your child in conjunction with the medical advice. Uh, there's no space for the parent to actually say, well, no, you don't. You know, this is a grave situation, but we should be given the final, uh, the final say on what happens to our child. Um, and even, I mean, I think that the courts really are, are doubling down on their on their ruling, they're trying to set a legal precedent and they've refused to engage with um, any public mm. scrutiny over you know, their assertions on the sanctity mm. of life because it's really coming down to that. Do they see this life as worth living anymore? And, and clearly, um, you, know, you, could, you could argue they don't. So it's, yeah, it's highly, highly concerning for the future, I'd say. So what are they saying now? Because they expected him to die as soon as they took him off the ventilator and he, he isn't dying uh yeah. is is anybody saying oh wait a minute maybe we should reevaluate uh, i mean is, is this is this meant anything to anyone from what i've seen the, the barrister from from the hospital is is sort of um, backtracking and saying that now uh on monday before they took the ventilation off alfie he actually there was a team of medics who explained uh that actually he could be alive for seconds for minutes, uh, for hours, or indeed for days. So um, that's the argument that they're saying is that was clearly explained to the parents um, and that he actually, he was, it, there's, there was always a chance that he might um, be able to breathe on his own for a period of time. And of course, then came the, the situation in which his parents, as you said earlier, were, were desperate to get him some food uh, and some oxygen and some water, which he needs just to survive uh, by himself. So uh that's uh, yeah it's 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 a difficult one but um but you know alfie's I, father today he said he said doctors only just started feeding him at one o'clock yesterday uh but his geez. life support was switched off at 9 p.m the previous <sighs> evening so that's i mean that it's in many ways you could say that's starvation you know it's forced starvation, oh it is, which is also it absolutely very, very is worrying thing. How, how are the parents have you interacted with the parents at all I haven't. I haven't managed to get hold of the parents. Uh, obviously, it's an incredibly. Um, it's just. A, it's mayhem, really, outside the hospital. But um, we have spoken to the Christian Legal Centre, who are the the guys who are representing them. Um, I spoke to one of the, the the representatives there just before the Supreme Court ruling, and they were quite hopeful um, that actually Alfie, in their in their view, was being held against his will. It was basically an illegal imprisonment. Um, and then, of course, the, the Supreme Court ruling was that um, the, they sided with, with the hospital, with the doctors, mm. and they said, actually, this, this, uh, this is where it ends. At that point, they had said, actually, this is, it's not lawful to, you know, it's, it's lawful to detain him, it's lawful to treat him up until the end of his life. Um, but, uh, I mean, the, the guy we spoke to, Roger Kisker, at the Christian Legal Centre, I noted um, yesterday, he said, um, you know, we, we think it's, it sets a dangerous precedent when the state determines whether the quality of someone's life is good enough for them to live or not. Um, that should be a determination made by the parents. And I think that's what really they're, they're trying to argue now in this hearing today is, is, you know, at least, at the very least, we should be able to transfer him home and be with him in his last, in his last days. Um, cool. It doesn't look good at the moment. It looks like that, that may not even happen. So... Yeah, there's, there's, I'd say there's still a long way to go, but it's been an arduous process for the parents, for sure. Will Mall from Faithwire, thank you for your reporting. Thanks for being on the program, and 
and and thank you to everybody at Faithwire. I, I know a lot of the guys there, and, and you guys are are on it. And if the people of faith don't wake up and start stepping to the plate, we're all lost. Will, thank you so much. God bless. Thanks, Glenn. Thank you. Bye-bye. Liberty safe. Boy, sometimes don't you just want to just lock your kids away from what's outside, what they have to all the crazy stuff that's going on. Obviously, you can't do that, but Liberty Safe can uh, take everything that is of value to you, besides what is of true value, your your family, and they can make sure that nobody gets to it. Liberty Safe, um, just the best built safes in America. I have, uh, we, we, for the museum, we have five of them. Uh, and, I mean, we keep we keep all of uh, Thomas Jefferson letters we, we have the letter from Thomas Paine. I've got to bring it in and read it to you. I have the letter from Thomas Paine to Ben Franklin after he wrote Age of Reason saying, no, that's not what I meant. I'm not an atheist. I'm actually trying to get the people in France to understand and reason with them. It's an amazing piece of history. Where do you keep it? Man, if there's a fire, I want to make sure that that thing survives. If there's a a hurricane or a tornado, I want to make sure that that safe can be picked up and dropped a couple of blocks away, and that document is still fine. That's why I have it in a Liberty Safe. Whether it's your guns, your photos, whatever is important to you, Liberty Safe. Now you can get 12 months interest-free payments with zero down and zero APR. They even offer Liberty Safes for as low as $20 a month. Liberty Safe. Go there now. LibertySafe.com. That's LibertySafe.com. Glenn Beck Mercury. Welcome to the program. You know, I can I can I can see why so many people just kind of want to tune out. I mean, cuz you can go your life and you can just, you know, see the crazy things and kind of laugh them off and uh and go through your life because none of our lives have have really truly been that deeply affected. Except on, you know, you want to start your own business or maybe you're trapped in, you know, uh, a class because you just can't break out anymore. Um, you know, whatever it is, we, we we all have our frustration. Maybe you're frustrated like the VA, the guy from the VA that we spoke to today. He's he gets a he's on a morphine drip, gets a, a splash of morphine every six seconds. But the VA has decided that, you know, hey. You know, pain is is uh, relief of pain is not essential. Are you kidding me? But but most of us have not been affected that deeply yet. Uh, and so we we just stand by these usurpations, these these uh, uh, affronts to our our freedom and our and and the things that we hold dear. But boy, we are we are entering the time now when when 
when our biggest ally is euthanizing children in exactly the same way and exactly the same reason that Germany started their euthanasia program for kids that were just suffering. Even the German people stood up against that. Even the country that voted for Hitler forced that to end. Will the West? Glenn Beck, Mercury. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. There's a couple of things that you should know about. The uh, the NRA held their, their board uh, elections, and Grover Norquist has lost. So Grover Norquist, thank God, is no longer part of the NRA. And the NRA is, I think, getting stronger and stronger every day. The NRA just broke a 15-year fundraising record. Now think of that. For everything that has gone on uh, in the last 15 years, all the close calls that the Second Amendment has had, the NRA just broke its fundraising record. Uh, That's really good news. And speaking of good news, I I have to tell this story. I don't know if you saw the the picture of, of the Michigan Highway yesterday. There was a guy who was thinking about throwing himself off an overpass. And he was going to throw himself off this overpass onto the freeway. And uh, a a trucker heard about this. And so they they the truckers all got together and said, "Let's park under the overpass." And so the police helped them get on the highway going the opposite direction. And what they did is, as this guy was standing on the edge of the overpass, all of these truckers pulled their semis up underneath him. So if he jumped, he'd only fall like 10 feet. And they blocked his his path to suicide. That's great. I just wow. think that's one of the greatest stories ever. It's really cool. Yeah. Look the picture up. If you haven't seen the picture, it's it's an amazing picture. I just love that. Just love that. Welcome to the program, Pat Gray. How are you feeling today? Oh, mmm. Mmm. That good. Oh, that good. Yeah. Closer to death, perhaps today may be the than day. Than yesterday? Yes. Yes. Closer to death than yesterday. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. And, but you're, you're feeling really horrible today, but you haven't called a doctor, which is always the right thing to do, I think. Yeah, it is. Uh, mm-hmm. Because you would be on hold, and then you would talk to a nurse, and then they would... Uh, write something down and then you'd never hear from him again the rest of the day so okay good all right good <laughs> i know I like how that. that goes i like that <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. pat had kidney mm. failure last week they thought he had uh kidney stones but he well he does but that wasn't the two. problem mm-hmm. yeah he had uh scar tissue in his fallopian tubes uh <laughs> and uh he's never going to be able to have a baby uh ever again so yeah i don't know how it all worked yeah. but you know I, well actually i do but i'm a doctor i'm but mm-hmm. I'm trying to break it down into layman's terms so you can understand. No, I think you're doing um, a good job. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. So, so Pat, um, have you heard the Bernie Sanders plan? Uh, yeah, where where everybody gets a guaranteed job and income. Yeah. It's a great plan. Yeah. What's wrong well, with everybody heard? having a job and everybody having income, Glenn? Oh, no, no, nothing. Uh, nothing. Okay. Nothing. All right, good. No, not nationalizing good. the jobs and everything. That's, that's fantastic. Uh-huh. But have you heard the details of how they're going to do this? 
No, I, I he never gives details. He actually gave oh, no, some no. now? Oh, yeah, Good. no, he had details right. in this plan, and Stu did not believe me. And so he he went to the Internet trying to prove that I was wrong, and was I wrong, Stu? You were actually not wrong on this one for once. Yes, okay. No way. Really? Uh, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. No, no, it's crazy. Uh, we're all it happens. Okay. How about that? Okay. You know, a stopped right. clock, you know. Yes. <laughs> uh, so so uh, here's the thing. Now, see if you think that there's a problem, at least in PR alone on this one. Um, he announced that the way they're going to make this work is they're going to divide the country up into 12 districts. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did we Haven't we tried that before? <laughs> I think in the future we should. Well, yeah, uh, we're, yeah we're in the Hunger Games. Yeah. yeah, in the Hunger Games. Yeah. How can you be? How can everyone around you be so culturally deaf that you don't? So that nobody says, "Uh, that was the plot of the Hunger Games. We probably shouldn't do that." <laughs> Not only is it the plot of Hunger Games, it's the actual action plan from. One Mao. of our, uh, you know, very close allies, China. Yeah, and another China very close Russia. ally, Russia. They've done that, too. I know. But here's the thing, and mm. I'm just going to give this one to Bernie for free. Jeez. I don't know if they know that George Washington was a slave owner, but I think it's wrong that our capital is in a city called uh, Washington. I think we should I think we should just call it Capital City. Oh, yeah, that's much. Yeah, I think that's perfect. Right? Yeah. 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 So we've got 12 districts and the Capital City, <laughs> and I, <laughs> I, I think it's great. I think it's great. Uh, yeah, well. Look how well it worked. Uh, yeah, in that documentary. I mean, it went <laughs> really, really well. <laughs> went really well. It was a beautiful city. I mean, yeah, capital it was city it was beautiful really city. nice. Yeah, there were some people in that society who did very well. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, they gave they gave some of the kids an opportunity to get some exercise. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, there's a lot to be said for it. A lot to be said can, for it. Can I take a stand against the mayor of San Francisco on something? Because I don't know if you've heard this. This guy is the most insensitive, sure is uh, the most non-caring bastard. I yeah. think I've ever, I've ever listened to this. He's After years of complaints, San Francisco, San Francisco Mayor Mark Farrell vowed on Friday to become more aggressive in clearing the city's sidewalks of homeless encampments. So uncaring. He, he told the San Francisco Chronicle, listen to this, listen to this heartless bastard. He said, enough is enough. We've offered services time and time again and gotten many off the street. But there's a resistant population that remains and their tents have to go. We have moved as a city from a position of compassion to enabling street behavior. And as mayor, I can't stand for that. Oh, my God. Mm, why does he oh hate the poor? Why does Why? he hate the poor so much? The, the poorest among us, the destitute, those who need help the most, that's who he wants to cast right out onto literally the street. They can't even He's, have their tents up on the streets? He says tents are a public safety hazard huh. for the people living in them. He is he's people who don't even have houses. He's trying to convince us that it's his compassion to mm-hmm. not enable people to live in tents. You know what he he purports to to be against are the human poop piles all along the streets of San Francisco uh, in a 14-block area. They only found 300 of them. That's it? The human poop piles. 300? Yeah. yeah. Along with uh, a lot of used syringes and uh, drug paraphernalia. 
And trash. And probably five and or six of the poop piles could be large dogs. It's possible. It's possible. It's possible. It's possible. Do you remember when we were there? What was that? What year was that when San oh, Francisco hosted the Super Bowl? Yeah, that was two, uh, uh, three, three years ago. ago. Yeah. And was... we stayed in that nice area. It used to be Nicholas Cage's house, right? If, yeah. Am I remembering yeah. that right? Yeah. And it was a, yeah. supposedly he paid $15 million for it. And I, I think he overpaid a little bit, but that's what you do in San Francisco. Anyway, that was a really oh, nice. No, street. no, no. I'm staying at I'm staying at uh, an Airbnb, and I think it's Casey Affleck's uh, place. Oh, uh, and uh, I think he overpaid a lot. Really, it's amazing how you can be in decent areas. You go yeah. a block, and it is it's horrible. Yeah, well, these cities are. These blue cities are coming apart at the seams. It, it was horrible on that nice block, if you remember the smell. Yeah, oh. the smell was disgusting. Oh yeah, I mean it, it was. You could smell human waste. You you could see the garbage all over the place. They have, and San Francisco is probably one of the most beautiful cities in the world, or at least it used to be. And they I just it let is. it go to hell. It, it's really it's heartbreaking. But I I I think though that it is start. I think this is starting to come undone i think people I are like enough is enough man yeah enough well you've got enough. a super liberal here who's upset with his own policies so finally i mean they're waking up to that at least right so what's what's the policy allowed do you have any idea like how many human poop piles can they have on any given stretch i think it's only 280, 280 and so they've okay. exceeded that by cut it down yeah. by a good eight percent yeah. last time i was so last time i was here i was in santa monica <laughs> and you can't at night Mm-hmm. The city is handing out tents. They're the opposite of San Francisco now. San Francisco is mad. But now San Francisco is saying, hey, you can't live in tents on the sidewalks. Um, uh, uh, Santa Monica is actually handing tents out. Encouraging it. Encouraging it. Oh, jeez. I mean, I, it's, it's it, suicidal it as is. a city. I don't even understand it, it. And all of these cities have been... With the same leadership for 60, 70, 80 years. And, and in some cases, completely uninter- uninterrupted over that time period. No Republicans you, you, at Detroit, all. Detroit. Yeah. Detroit. No it, Republicans since 1962. Surprisingly, the year that uh, uh, Detroit was named America's best city. Yeah, one of my favorite Easy. stats in any of your books, Glad, goes back to, I think I think it's yep. an inconvenient book. And it goes over yeah, and looks at the, the cities with the top 10 cities with the highest poverty rates at that time, which was what? That was a 2007 book, 2008, yeah. something like that. Yeah. But I mean, it hasn't changed much since then. Um, and you look at those cities going back, I think it was 50 years, and the percentage of the time those 10 cities had been run by Republicans, and it was something like, you know, eight percent of the time mm-hmm. i mean it, like how you can mm-hmm. go through a half century trying the same policies that result in non-stop poverty and not switch uh, you know paths i i just don't understand it can you can you look something up for me somebody told me here in california and i, I just haven't had the chance to look it up and i just remembered it and if it's true it's absolutely incredible in a place where you have to have a permit for everything i mean you know los angeles is like new york it's insane and you know you do anything uh you know out of line uh, i mean unless you're an illegal and you're toast um and it's my understanding that elon musk only has a handshake on the deal of of boring underneath whatever city here in L- in the la area he's boring underneath he he doesn't have permits 
the city council and the and the mayor he's like look i i think i can do some things here and you know here's the plan and and they have a handshake on it <laughs> can you find out if that's true because that's what yeah that's not i mean way. that's 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 like living in texas you know somebody's like i got an idea and you're like okay give it a shot <laughs> yeah that would be a very strange one to, <laughs> yeah, to, to tunnel under a city without a permit under seems, a city yeah. it, like in yeah. california of all places would be a <laughs> but you wouldn't be I, I i'll bet you i will right. bet you that yeah. elon musk has enough juice and mm, enough maybe. trust and the the city is like look if we're going to per- permit this thing it'll never happen it'll be 20 years in the permit pro- pro- process yeah maybe the idea for for the city is to, to figure out if we can get elon musk to say less than 200 poop piles per qu- uh, quarter mile if you get him on that bandwagon, maybe they yeah. can get that done. Yeah. You know, I mean, well, and 200 on one side of the road. So a total of 400, <laughs> I think, is the right number. So how, how big was this? How big was this radius of the poop piles? I think it was a 14 block uh, radius. It, it was a straight down that street, 14 blocks. Okay. And that's how many who they the found. Hell was, who would live there? I, who would live on that street? Someone who likes to poop outside. That yeah. person would live there. They're, they're into that. <laughs> that person is like they terrible. and their friends. So That's can you imagine? Friends. I mean, imagine is this a bad section of town? No, like, no, no. It, no, it's like the sections we were in. Uh, th- it's just the problem San Francisco has now. They I, I remember. Do you remember we were walking? We had we, you know women with us, and we all said we would never ever if we lived here let our wives yeah uh you know not let our wives but encourage our wives to walk outside alone no way yeah no way because it was so it was so dicey and it was a good section of town Mm -hmm. i'll bet at one time 10 years ago 15 years ago is probably one of the nicest sections of town. Well, there's, uh, there's just no money flowing through that area. They just don't have. Any that's money. the problem, <laughs> right? We're right. right. That's, that's what's amazing it. is this is where yeah. all of of our entire economy is pouring through mm-hmm. this area, yeah. and still they have these problems. God, imagine if the I economy saw, goes bad. Geez. I saw a picture of a house that was, I mean, looked like a stabbing cabin. It was horrible. It was about six hundred or eight hundred square feet. Um, it was it was literally falling down. It was in a bad section of town, and it was a million dollars. And you couldn't inhabit it Man. at that. I mean, it, it's uh, it's nuts. The amount poop, of money uh, included with that. Uh, uh, I don't know. You, but you know what? Hey, you could always make your own free yeah. country. Make oh. your own human poop pile. <laughs> Background unleashed coming up in just a couple minutes on the Blaze Radio and TV networks. Isn't all of Washington, D.C., I mean, at least the capital, just a human poop pile? Isn't that really? It's what it's kind of shaped like it. We paint the we paint the capital brown and it's an emoji. (laughs) If you're hiring, you need to find the right person. You need great people. The people around you are the ones that are going to um, uh, create the dream. They are. And you can go online and you can, uh, you know, post your job online. And it's tough to do a hundred different job sites. I mean, take some time unless you have ZipRecruiter. They'll post one time, one click, and it's on a hundred different websites. But with ZipRecruiter, they also have up the game some. There's a smarter way. They needed a platform. They could find the right job candidate. But to do that, it needs to learn what you're looking for and then be out 
looking and identifying those people with the right experience and then invite them to apply for your job so it's not just hoping that they're going to see it these people are invited and the invitations is what's revolutionizing the way you're going to find your next hire ZipRecruiter also spotlights the best applications. So when it comes in, it will it will highlight the strongest candidates. So the right candidate is out there, and ZipRecruiter is going to help you find them. ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes and industries to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. Fortune 100 companies, my company, we've used ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter, you can try it for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. Try it for free. It's the smartest way to hire. ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. Glenn Beck Mercury. Glenn Beck. Welcome to the uh, welcome to the program. You know, we've often thought, you know, maybe we should you know, have a dog's life. Wouldn't it be great to have a dog's life? And then you realize, yeah, you know, they got but they got to poop outside. Well, maybe we just all move to San Francisco and uh, we can all live the dog's life. Uh, anyway, um, Dave Rubin is going to be on the uh, program today from Sherman Oaks. A fascinating guy who used to call himself a progressive and now he's like no nope i'm definitely not that really fascinating conversation dave rubin from the uh, rubin report tonight five o'clock only on the blaze.com slash tv glenn back mercury